Chapter 50, Final Crossing. A white kiosk, scattered buildings behind it, soldiers everywhere, machine guns slung over their shoulders. This is it, I enthused, continuing ahead, our last crossing. Stop, commanded the young soldier, his rifle at the ready. You cannot cross here. In Arabic, I explained that we were walking for peace and wanted to cross into Israel. The young soldier looked at us in confusion and then motioned for us to pass and ask for the captain. We were directed to what looked like a sitting area that was covered with a corrugated metal roof. Soldiers stopped and stared at us with curiosity. Under their watchful gaze, we slowly took off our backpacks, put them beside us, and sat on the plastic chairs. I wish I had our Arabic sign, I thought regretfully. A large man with dark features and dressed in civilian clothing came striding across the mud. Walking a few steps behind him was a thinner man dressed in uniform. The larger man introduced himself as the captain. His manner was open and friendly, but his eyes were intense and searching. The other soldier sat beside him. How can I help you? He asked in French. The soldier translated our response into English. The captain threw his head back and laughed heartily at our request, saying, There is no way. You must understand, Alberto tried, this message has crossed every border we have walked into. It is not about us crossing, it is about this message for peace crossing. The smile faded, and the captain now gazed at us with a look that I long ago had come to understand meant that we were breaking through the facade. He asked a soldier to bring some coffee and for us to wait while he called his superiors in Beirut. I smiled, feeling more hopeful. A soldier brought out a pot of coffee and encouraged us to help ourselves, but we politely refused and waited for the captain. They refuse to let you through, he announced regretfully. The border is physically closed with landmines, barbed wire, and cement barricades. If you had come by a few months ago, you may have been able to get a ride across with the United Nations. But now not even they can cross. It is impossible. I am sorry. Those are my orders. I tried not to show my disappointment. And speaking in Arabic, explained that I was Lebanese. An audible buzz went around the compound, and soon our small makeshift hut was teeming with soldiers. One of the men stood in my line of vision, a soaring eagle boldly displayed on his t-shirt. I shared with them all the nature of our pilgrimage, our beliefs about peace, and what we had learned. Translating for Alberto, he and I spoke, our words filled with sincerity and conviction. I kept glancing at the eagle, drawing courage from it when I felt my own faltering. The men listened attentively and were, as others before them, surprised that we had no religious or political sponsors, that we were two ordinary people trying to do something constructive for peace. All I can suggest, the captain offered, is that you walk east over the mountains from here into Syria and then enter Jordan. From there, you won't have any problems entering Palestine. 
I didn't have a map in front of me, but I knew that what he was suggesting was at least 500 more kilometers of walking when Jerusalem was straight ahead of us, less than 200 kilometers away. I don't have it in me to walk another month, I replied sincerely. We're tired too. A murmur of understanding rippled through the gathered crowd. Another possibility, he suggested, is to speak with the United Nations International Forces in Lebanon, UNIFIL, in Sur. Sometimes, and under extreme situations, and very rarely, the UNIFIL people will cross the border to meet with Israeli officials. I felt my heart lift. It wasn't impossible after all. It was merely difficult. We thanked him and stood to leave. The captain held my hands in his, his gaze tender, almost paternal. Please pray for me in Jerusalem, he said earnestly. With tears stinging my eyes, I promised to do so and mentally added his name to the long list I now carried with me. Pointing to a man beside a car, he said, he is a taxi driver. He will take you to the UNIFIL office in Sur. It's all arranged. We shook hands one last time, and to the well wishes of the gathered soldiers, boarded our taxi. I felt tremendously upbeat. We hadn't crossed the border yet, but had touched people with our message, and hopefully, although briefly, infused them and that whole area with the energy of peace. The people at the UNIFIL office were phenomenal, making phone calls to the General's office on our behalf and giving us the names of people who may be able to help us, including that of a senior official named Alejandro at the Spanish Embassy, who agreed to meet us in Beirut the following day. I'll try to get you to see the General himself, Alejandro promised, but don't get your hopes up. He's a difficult man to see, let alone convince. I will call you when I have news. When Alejandro finally called three days later, it was to say that he was still trying and to give us a contact at the Canadian embassy and one at the office of the ambassador of the Vatican. We called them both, but they too came back with the same rote response about the general. We even contacted Fra Ante, who remarkably knew people in Beirut, but they likewise were unable to help us. The days crawled past. Signs kept telling us to persevere, but it was difficult. Our confidence ebbed and flowed with each call from Alejandro, who was exhausting his contacts. I begged the universe for clarity, for a sure sign, but the silence deafened me and only added to my confusion and frustration. Our emotions were in turmoil. It had occurred so often during our walk that when one of us was down, the other was up. But those days in Beirut found us both uncertain. We weren't sure what the way of peace was asking us to do anymore. Do we stay and keep knocking on doors? Or do we find another way into Israel? The signs indicated for us to stay, but we doubted our interpretation of them. To keep our focus on the way, we bought two lined windbreakers and a small backpack to accommodate the now bulkier clothing we were wearing. We emailed our friends, asking for whatever form of help they could offer. Along with the many responses of encouragement, my friend Johanna, the Dutch pilgrim, answered, This is the work of peace. 
The message is touching and influencing people in ways you cannot imagine right now. It is the process of peace that matters, not simply the result. Be patient and never lose hope. I resolved to try and to do this work not in frustration and disappointment, but with the same love and energy that I put into walking with this message of peace in the first place. I've been thinking about why we're unable to cross this final border, Alberto commented one afternoon in our room. I'm reminded of some friends who, for years, were trying to conceive. They tried every treatment possible, and all without success. They were so stressed and miserable that they finally decided to stop trying to have children and to live the life of a happily married couple. Two months later, they were pregnant. When they relaxed, nature could finally do its work, I added, familiar with several friends who had passed through a similar process. Exactly, Alberto concurred. Perhaps magic is failing us for the same reason. Is it possible that for a thing to work, we must love it and enjoy it instead of looking at it as an obligation or a test of our abilities? Is it possible that magic, like conception, is something that flows naturally, but that we impede when we put pressure on it or attach our self-worth to its results? Maybe we just need to relax and trust. That may be true, I reflected, but I believe we're going through this for a reason. I don't think it all rests on us. There's another hand at work here. Well, why can't it be both? Alberto questioned. I believe we can cross that border on foot, but with the doubts and the pressure that we're putting on ourselves, we're creating obstacles to making that happen. Look at all the new possibilities that keep presenting themselves to us every day. I can't help but feel that our faith in magic created those possibilities and the signs that support them, but that our doubts and insecurities undermined our joy and closed those doors. Surely not everything depends on us, I reflected. What a lonely road that would be. I'm here because I was guided here. Signs and synchronicities led me to this walk. Then I made the decision. What Alberto is suggesting is the contrary, that once I choose, the signs support my decision and guide me towards it. I don't know what to believe anymore. Why are we so attached to this result anyways? Alberto went on. In fact, why are we attached to any result? How important or fundamental is anything? If we believe that we are souls passing through this life to grow and to love, that life is only an illusion, a theater for the soul like in the movie Matrix, then why are we taking it so seriously instead of just living it fully and joyfully? I didn't respond and absently turned on the television. To my astonishment, the word Matrix announcing the movie filled the screen. Does this mean that Alberto is right? I thought. Is the foundation of all my beliefs completely wrong? I watched the movie that night, feeling more conflicted than ever. It was now December the 13th of 2002, and we had been in Beirut for 10 days. Alejandro called that day to confirm that our request to meet the general had been denied and that if we persisted in our efforts to cross the border, he would have us arrested. We walked around the city for a long while after that, trying to decide what to do next. We passed a travel agency and stopped, pretending to be reading the promotional offers, but in reality waiting for some sign to guide us.
the miracle that we so desperately longed for, the definitive sign that would mark the way, never materialized. We finally entered, and after investigating several possibilities, decided to fly to Cyprus. From there, we would book another flight to Tel Aviv. Walking out of that agency, we noticed a poster on the door with the words that said, World of Choices. Have we made the right choice? I asked. I don't know, Alberto responded. This sign seems to say that any choice we make is good. I need to think about it, but for now, it's time for us to move on.